Seventh Avenue Pizza, the official pizza of the Soda Pod. The Soda Pod, the official beer and hockey podcast of Seventh Avenue Pizza. Third and final segment here on the MNCAA podcast. Nick Max and your host. As always, join with us is Lucas Pippenhagen, Alex Micheletti, Marissa Voss, Ryan Stieg on this week's season. What the fuck is college hockey? I have no idea. So that is where we're going to put the gavel down. Yes, um, my jokes aren't that great. So um, what is kind of great is uh, some of the team's performances from this week. Others, maybe not. So, and Bemidji. Lucas, I have to start with you, man. Friday, yes. Saturday, no. I feel like you like Bemidji State Hockey's that meme. It's like this is how it started. This is how it's going. Like, is that sort of like what Bemidji State Hockey is? Like, seriously? Yeah. I mean, it's just been wildly inconsistent this year. I mean, that was a, a very dominant performance on Friday, and the scoreline got got inflated a little bit. It probably wasn't as bad for Lake Superior as as seven one indicates, but Bemidji State only allowed thirteen shots on goal that whole game, and. And took advantage of, of some of their scoring opportunities. Um, Saturday night, complete opposite. Um, Lake Superior played like a really desperate team needing a win. And, and Bemidji State just couldn't match the intensity at all. Uh, it was pretty much, you know, another slow start, which again has plagued this team all year. Um, they really only gave up 23 shots on goal, but six goals on those, some some. Not great goaltending, which again is a is a common theme for the year. Uh, penalty kill wasn't great. They gave up a couple uh, power play goals, a couple goals right off faceoffs. Just you know, it was pretty disappointing to see because it's a it's a game that if Bemidji State's able to complete that sweep, they put a little bit of distance between themselves and the bottom half of the the conference. And, and instead, now you're you're in a position where there's there's six points that separate first from seventh right now in the CCHA, and and it's still you know one weekend is is gonna you know, can, can catapult the team up the standings just like that. So, on Saturday, like, yeah, oh, just just really is. disappointing to see. Lucas, we 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 lost you there for a quick second. Uh, so, why am I starting with Bemidji State, uh, Ryan? So, when St. Thomas ultimately plays Bemidji State in the CCHA championship get, game. <laughs> And St. Thomas wins, which forces Bemidji State to be the NCAA tournament team, which is the way this is going to go. Um, I said this three, four weeks ago. Bemidji State in a one-game playoff game is actually kind of dangerous right now. I mean, again, like in a one-game set, as long as that's on a Friday night, apparently, uh, look out because, uh, yeah, apparently it's – but only lasts for 60 minutes. Yeah, well. Oh, it's for me. Okay, just yeah. making sure. <laughs> right. Wait, um, I'm what is? Can the other Ryan sitting in the room please stand up? Yes. All right. We're good. We're good. Yes. Oh, there you are. Hi, Ryan. No, How are we're, you? we're good. All right. Um, but yeah, it, that was Rico, is... by the way, calling out for you. Oh, <laughs> I'm on a roll tonight, oh boys. Don't, don't even get You're me going. I'm on a roll. Stop it. <laughs> um. But yeah, it, when you're in a championship setting for one game, it can go anybody's way. Um, you know, that first CCHA title game, it was Bemidji and Minnesota State, and Minnesota State was favored, and we all know what happened there. It could have gone either way, and there was the goal that happened and then didn't happen, and then 
we all know what happened there. But uh, yeah, and then last year, <laughs> and then last year oh, it could have gone either way too. Um, you know, Northern was in control for like I would say ninety five percent of the game, and then Mankato got a break, and then got another break, and it can go like that change in just an instant. So. I, I like your prediction, though, St. Thomas Bemidji in the championship. <laughs> I mean, I'm not that far off, guys. No, they're not that far no, off. No, <laughs> I'm really not. Uh, for those playing the home game, meaning those who don't have the ability looking at a television screen, uh, St. Thomas currently still in first place in the CCHA Conference at 21 points. Uh, Bemidji State, although in fourth, they're only back by three points with Michigan Tech and two, and Minnesota State at three. Perfect segue because we're going to talk Minnesota State next with Mr. <laughs> Alex Micheletti. Welcome back to the show here, boss. Um, Thank you. So it's a split. Um, we said it was the the purple people eating sort of battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not what we said, but I just made it up, so it's fine. <laughs> um, but actually pretty good back and forth series. It was a split. I mean, in this case, a, a split for anybody in the CCHA is kind of like an automatic parlay. That if you just do that, you can win a ton of money. Uh, but what did you notice from this series? Because it had sort of a playoff feel to it, even though we're not even halfway through the year. Yeah, Friday night was extremely boring. I thought I think Steger would agree with me. Uh, uh, there wasn't a whole lot going on, and I think uh, – I think that's how Mankato really wants to play to win. You just kind of just, you know, uh, you know, try to, uh, you know, make it really defensive, like uh, the Hastings teams of old. It's it's scary how much he looks. Luke Strand looks like Mike Hastings, and the the way the style of uh, of hockey that uh, uh, that they both coach. Uh, it's uh, you know they limit uh, limit uh, um, scoring opportunities, shots on goal. I mean, it, I think Alex Tracy on Friday night had 16 saves. So I mean, uh, they they block a ton of shots and you know make it ugly. Uh, the C, uh, I think Steve can agree with me too. The CCHA officiating was was all over the place. Um, you know, you had. Uh, you had a couple of majors called on Friday night, but they were there was no game misconduct attached to them, so it was really strange. Both both teams got one back to back, and the Mavs uh, took advantage on theirs, scoring you know two power play goals, and that was pretty much enough to to get it done on Friday. And then uh, Saturday, uh, I, I, if Marissa w- were, were to watch this game or on Saturday. It was, was haunting. watching real hockey for those. It was, <laughs> I was, I was, yes. It, it was haunting for me because they played exactly like how Mankato played against Denver in the national championship game a couple of years ago. Uh, it was one, nothing going into the third period. They were, you know, Mankato was dominating the game and they were playing like, you know, they were just going to try to win it one to nothing. And you can't do that. Uh, was that um, the Ed Donatel playbook? Just one. Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, they, they had a lead uh, probably in Saturday up until what Steger like five minutes left in the third period, and then uh, and then St. Thomas scored well, two goals. Through, yeah, yeah, midway and- through. Sorry, I apologize, but uh, they uh, they scored you know two goals, and then uh, uh, you know St. Thomas did a really good job just you know shutting it down. Uh, they made a really nice save with about like 19 seconds left. That was pretty much the only opportunity. And then the Mavericks, they, they just couldn't uh, pull their goalie late too. St. Thomas was just uh, hounding uh, the four check. Uh, uh, you know, Rico did a really nice job. Uh, you know, he kind of outcoached uh, strand there at, at the end. Uh, and uh, you know, it was a split. Uh, it's, it's tough, tough for the Mavericks. Cause they, 
they uh, uh, like Strand said, they missed out on some valuable conference points. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see if that comes back to haunt them or not. But uh, you know, this this conference is nuts. Uh, you know, it's uh, uh, the margin of, of error is so small, and you can. If you have a bad weekend, it can really, really hurt. Yeah. But then, then, then the next weekend it can totally flip. So yeah, it's just, it's so hard to, to figure out. And, uh, you know, it's, it still really bothers me that, you know, if St. Thomas wins this league, they can't go to the NCAA tournament and they, they look like the best team in the conference right now. So I, I just, it's so frustrating. So for, for those also playing the home game, second through seventh place is separated by four points in mm-hmm. the CCHA. That is nuts. Um, yeah, that pretty much speaks all we need to know about this conference, right, guys, in just a nutshell. Um, Marissa, you, I mentioned you were watching Real Hockey. We were watching the Mavericks, but not the Minnesota State Mavericks. You are watching Omaha mm-hmm. versus a, a team that maybe I know a little well about, but we're, we're not going to talk about them here. We did <laughs> last segment for those. Uh, it was uh, St. Cloud versus Omaha and a pretty good series down there. Uh, but Marissa, again, four points. So for those who are, you know, looking at this conference and going, oh, geez, my team, you know, they just they can't put together back to back nights. You know, they missed opportunities, as Alex said, maybe to take home more conference points, because I think he's onto something. I do think that as we hit the second half of the season now, we're still not technically done with the first half yet. We'll talk about schedules in just a moment. But you do get the sense that a point here, a point there could mean the difference between home ice or not in this conference, because it is just that close. Absolutely. You're playing every single game, every conference game for that exact reason, because it's just so unwavering. It's so weird. You don't know what's going to happen. Nobody has taken the reins except for a team that if they do, like Alex said, win it, they can't do anything. So it's even crazier to think that St. Thomas could take it all the way. And then it's just almost like a, okay, well, no representation in the CCHA this year for (laughs) the national tournament, which again is like, Oh, it's just so I think the NCAA needs to fix that. Personally, that's my opinion, but we won't get into that. Every single point matters. Every single game matters. And you in with especially in Minnesota State's case, you can't, like Alex said, get to the third period and then have UST come back storm and win two one. That's just not something that you need to do, especially how you played on Friday night. Uh Sam Morton got into it, Lucas Souter got into it, Luke Wilson, and then to go on on Saturday and only had Adam score the goal. It's just not something that needs to happen. Other players need to step up because you're not going to win games by scoring one goal and you need those points desperately in a time where anybody can win and anybody can play. And especially in like Lucas said too, in inconsistency of Bemidji state. Also, I would say the same thing with Minnesota state, a little bit more inconsistent. Uh, Same thing with St. Thomas LSSU. It goes down the list. No team in the CCHA is consistent right now with their play. Obviously, the one you can say most about is St. Thomas because of they're in first place right now. But I think Minnesota State just really needs to start closing out series and start closing out sweeps and start closing out weekends. It's kind of the same thing with, I'm going to touch a little bit on this, Minnesota. They're the same exact way this year. Come to Friday, come to Saturday and they just can't close it out. And that's a different thing because Minnesota State fans are probably happy that Minnesota can't do that because of the rivalry because they just they hate each other. But like like you said, it's just important to win and get these points because it could end up being you either get home ice advantage, which we know how amazing that is because Minnesota State has had home ice advantage through the Mason Cup 
for how many years and look how it always turns out for them. Yeah, it's interesting, guys. Uh, a couple of teams are off for the first half. That's both St. Thomas and I believe Lake Superior State. Yes, they both have 12 games played. So for a couple of our other teams, there's still some opportunity left. In fact, as we take a look at the upcoming schedule, uh, it's going to be uh, Mankato going to RPI. So some non-conference stuff. Um, Bemidji, though, Bowling Green. Um, let me ask you this, guys, because at the end of it, Bemidji's an opportunity to crawl up the ladder here a little bit. Um, Lucas, first of all, for this conference, and, and I want to, we'll get to the matchup here in a second, but when you encounter the holiday break, um, you hear both sides of the argument, which is for teams that are playing well, I want to keep playing. For teams that maybe are banged up, injured, or maybe just haven't quite found a groove yet, the break is good, right? Do you believe that actually matters? Do you really think that there's something to some of those coaches that saying, yes, we want to keep playing. No, we need that break. Or do you really feel like it's just you take it day by day? I guess, I don't know. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think for teams that are playing well, the momentum that, you know, that you can carry into those those weekend series is, is huge. And if you take three weeks off from that, that can affect your team. But Midgey State's seen that the last two seasons. I mean, we've been near the top of the standings. I mean, last year we were in first place at come Christmas and then, you know, in the months of January and February, we went two and 10 or something like that. And it just completely fell out of the top half of the standings. So I, I think for teams playing well, that can definitely stop the momentum. Um, for a team like Bemidji State this year, I'm, I'm all for taking a couple of weeks off right now. Um, you know, even having this series against Bowling Green, I, I, I don't really like the timing of just with how many injuries Bemidji State has right now and also losing a, a couple of key players to the World Juniors. Like, it's going to be a shorthanded squad here on on. Uh, this coming weekend so you know hopefully we do get some of those guys back i, I know uh tom had mentioned uh matias Scholl might be back for the st cloud series over the new year's weekend um that would be great to see uh jackson judding's still going to be out probably another month or so but you know and, and then those guys that are going to the world juniors they're not coming back until the middle of, of january um so you got a short-handed squad here in the next couple of weeks and, and hopefully they can get some of those depth guys back over the, the break here. And Ryan, you know, when we talk about the this conference, I mean, there's been one arching theme, the inconsistencies, right? One ways that teams try to find it is in net. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of times, and, and coaches vary, right? I think some coaches like to find the guy and stick with it. Uh, some coaches will do a rotation. Um, I'm not sure if there's a right or wrong um, answer to the question. I think obviously every team is different. The roster, you know, kind of dictates that maybe your competition, maybe just one guy just has a team's number. There's so many factors that go into it. But for the teams that played this last weekend, meaning St. Thomas and Mankato, that have seemed to me been doing a kind of a goalie rotation here and here out, should that continue? Or do you feel like it's be a closer to, shall I say, a more valuable hockey? Should there be more of a set guy in that? What's been more successful? Well, the interesting thing with St. Thomas is St. Thomas has gone with Aaron Trout on Fridays and Jake Seibel on Saturdays. And for the most parts, it's worked. I've asked Rico about it, and he says healthy competition is a good thing. He likes the fact that the goalies have to kind of compete for playing time. And I like that mindset. I think it is beneficial. However, I feel like once you get into January, you're starting to get into the second half 
you kind of need to pick a guy, you know, some guy needs to emerge because, you know, you don't want to be getting into playoff time and you're still trying to flip flop and see who's your one, you know, who's your number one guy. So I can see that maybe continuing a little while longer, maybe into the second half of the season, but eventually I, I think coaches need to, settle on a guy and pick one, you know, when you're getting towards the playoffs, when you're getting to that playoff push, someone has to emerge. You can't just do back and forth. And it's kind of like the NHL too. I mean, you don't see, I mean, the wild were the exception with Gus and flurry last year, but I mean, you don't see that a lot with NHL teams where they're flipping goalies every single game. So I I think that's what'll happen. And that's the thing I would, I like the healthy competition during the first half, but the second half you can do eventually find a guy. So I have a counterpoint and Alex kind of comment on this (laughs) with Mankato with Keenan Rancier and Alex Tracy, um, St. Cloud picked a guy a couple of years ago. And then that guy, his name is David Rennick. Um, a former Kings draft pick, now playing back home closer um, in Europe. Um, all of a sudden, he goes down, and their backup goaltender hadn't seen the ice essentially since now the holiday break. He goes in as a cold goaltender, not Julie the Cat Gaffney style, where you know <laughs> forehand, backhand, Gunner Stall, where you know what's coming. No, you're facing a really good, solid Quinnipiac team that, mind you, just a year later won the national championship. So, Alex, is there something to be said that although maybe sometimes it's not about picking a guy? Do you think that there's some part of this where it's about keeping that secondary goaltender fresh? Because I hate to say injuries happen too, and you can't be caught flat-footed, especially second half of the year when you are trying desperately to get IA conference points and position yourself to get to the NCAA tournament. Is there, is there something to that? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Uh, there's still, you know, Keenan Rancier. Uh, this was unknown going into the offseason. It was <laughs> just kind of brought up kind of just under the radar by uh, Luke Strand to Kevin Dudley, uh, you know, when, after he got hired uh, that Rancier had double hip surgery. So that's, that, that was frightening to hear um, as a goalie. Maybe that's why, you know, he kind of had a tough, uh, uh, you know, second half of the last season and especially that, uh, that game against St. Cloud in the NCAA tournament, Uh, you know, he just didn't look right. Um, So, you know, he's starting to, you know, get back into, uh, you know, game shape and, uh, you know, just handling, uh, you know, college hockey, you know, schedule. And, you know, at times, you know, it's, this is what you could say about Maverick goaltending right now is the inconsistency, probably the entire conference. Uh, it just, you know, some, you know, at some points in the games, he looks brilliant. I mean, last week against Lake state, he made that paddle save. That was probably the, the probably going to be the save of the season. And then, and then Saturday against St. Thomas, he gives up two softies. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, it, it, it's tough. And, you know, cause Alex Tracy looked brilliant on Friday and I thought they'd go right back to him, but uh, you know, they split, but uh, you know, I guess, you know, they want Rancier to, you know, to, you know, be prepared if, uh, if Alex Tracy goes in one of those meltdown runs like he did last year. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, I guess uh I don't know. I don't really like the two goalie system, but uh, you know, at some point you you would hope uh, you have a guy that you can lean on, uh, especially when it comes to conference uh, play. But I, you know, I get it. Um, you know, having a guy fresh for sure. So, Marissa, I want to go back to you on this because you talked about defensive hockey. Now, granted, defensive hockey has been Mankato's bread and butter for 
over a decade. Um, we see with Luke Strand that, you know, he isn't reinventing the wheel, which a, you should never do when you take over a college <laughs> program, right? Because, um, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Mm -hmm. But as we see and saw, I should say, for those who are doing proper English, that's past tense, um, <laughs> that this team's, you, you know, there was mentions that they were struggling on offense. I'm not sure if I see it as a struggle because both these teams, I think, understand the importance of sound defensive play, right? But I think where they were trying to essentially make the point was, is that when it's playoff type hockey, and I do feel like, although maybe as Alex, you mentioned, it was sort of boring. Mm -hmm. I do feel like both these teams came into this past weekend with a playoff mindset that here's how we're going to have to match up and be successful. We may have to kind of lock down, have to make sure you're backtracked in the middle of the ice, can't give up good chance in the middle because St. Thomas and Mankato have the talent where they will capitalize on those, right? Mm -hmm. So here's the argument. Was it an offensive struggle or was it more just more focused on defense? I am in the camp that it's more of a defensive, just mindfulness, <laughs> but more so maybe too. And this will we'll kind of touch on this a little bit too, is that if that is the case, which one of these teams do you think has the more firepower to maybe break through a defensive struggle? Um. Honestly, I yeah, I know that that's like, <laughs> that was such a good question. Like I was listening. I was like, oh, okay. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yep. 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 Okay. So basically I processing, think yeah. that I am, I am processing, but we obviously have seen a little bit of the lack of offensive firepower from Minnesota state, because guess what? David Silly is gone. Simon Tassie has gone. Christian Fitzgerald's gone. If we Don't had those three, I know, I know, I know guys, I'm bringing, <laughs> I keep bringing it up. I it's very sad. Obviously, we're seeing how those guys have excelled with Wisconsin. But I think, though, if you just look at it hindsight and see those three players at Minnesota State playing this year, it's going to be a different squad offensively. It's going to be more firepower, more shots on goal. So they're working with what they have defensively, like Alex said. And like you said, though, I think that they've been almost perfect because that's how Luke Strand is. He's a very defensive coach, just like Mike Hastings, uh, 2.0 Walmart version or, or target version. If you want to say, I don't know which one's better, <laughs> which one's worse, but I think if there's a team that can finally figure it out and finally start scoring and break through that, I do think it's Minnesota state. I, I, I know that St. Thomas does have that firepower and they do. And they like, obviously they took it with Minnesota to OT in the beginning of the year and they showed that they can stick it and they keep scoring goals. And I think also it has, they can turn it on late as we saw on Saturday night. But I do think if Minnesota figures it out, Minnesota state figures it out, Zach Kranich, he need, he's back from injury. He needs to get in the lineup more, get more shots and more reps. I think if we just start getting these guys, Sam Morton, Lucas Souter, Luke Wilson, Zach Cranich, maybe even Stephen Bellini. Uh, you're seeing guys, and I, there's a lot that I haven't even mentioned, young guns, that if they just start shooting the puck, start generating more scoring opportunities, you're going to see that Minnesota State is an offensive firepower. I just think they need to figure that out a little bit. So right now they're playing lockdown defense. They're doing what they need to do to get a win or at least get a split. But once they start figuring that out, which I think the holiday break will be absolutely instrumental for them because they'll just have a little more time to rest, figure out their routine, do what they need to do, and maybe even just go home. Because I know even like Connor Grega, I'm looking for him a little bit too. I, I don't know if Connor 
has been that player. I, I want him to step up a little bit more. I think he has the means to step up. And that's kind of who I'm looking forward to or looking at. Um, but I think you're going to see some guys get into this lineup, some guys that maybe you didn't expect and they're going to start scoring more. So if there is a team that I would say can break through the defensive firepower, I'm going to say Minnesota State. Um, I just think it maybe needs a little little break, but that's my opinion. I'm trying to find my alarms for Homer. What? Where? Where did it go? Okay. I'm dude. Shots fired today. I know. I, hey, I'm an equal opportunity shots, you know, giver. So there we go. Um, speaking of which, because it's time for Bemidji to take some heat. Um, hi, Lucas. How are you? Um, you actually should lubricate for this because this is great. Uh, for those who are uh, listening, <laughs> you took a sip. Um, so, um, Lucas, here's here's the thing with Bemidji. Um, I, I think they've exceeded some expectations coming into the first half of the year. That's a good thing. Um, offensively, what the heck? Saturday, we talked about it. There's there's some questions left to be answered, actually quite a few, but that's okay. Um, where Bemidji has gotten trouble over the past couple of years is after the holiday break, they have essentially collapsed, for lack of a better phrase. So what is your comp? Oh no. So this is a first on MNCAA. Um our, our beloved host Nick just vanished into thin air uh while asking a question. So we're gonna um we're gonna wait. Somebody play the Jeopardy song or like go to break song. Hold on, guys. So I'm not sure what happened there. Wait, wait. Like, oh my goodness. Bockers. You guys can hear me, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You disappeared. That was bonkers. That was very. Doesn't this like sum up in, in like the CCHA, like in a nutshell? <laughs> things you know, yeah. stop the train. Okay. So Lucas, yeah. I cut out. I'm not sure where, but I'm, my guess was it was somewhere around the realms of the Midget State second half of the year. They have collapsed yep. in the years past. Mm -hmm. uh, what is your confidence level that they will not do that this year? Uh, like my camera just did uh, for this episode. I mean, geez, just, yeah. You take it away from here. I've already done enough damage. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel pretty confident in this team right now and in turning things around. As, as long as, you know, they get some of those guys back from injury, like I think Matias Scholl returning to net will, will be a big deal for this team. I, I You know, right now, Bemidji State has the worst save percentage in the country at something like 868. Um, in conference, it's worse. It's 838, I believe, in the 10 conference games. Um so, you know, there, there's issues there, and that's not all on Gavin Enright. You know, some of it definitely is, but there are just, you know, breakdowns in front of him as well. Um, I think Scholl being back there just gives you a different type of goaltender that you have a little bit more confidence in. You know, he can make some of those athletic saves that, that steal goals and, and steal games. Um, I also think it's a, you know, th this, is a, this was an inexperienced team coming into the year. Yeah, they had, you know, some big-name guys coming back, Kyle Loft, Carter Jones, and, and some of those guys just haven't really played up to their potential yet. Um, Carter Jones finally scored his first goals of the of the year this last weekend. He got three of them, was named CCHA forward of the week for that. Um, Eric Martin scored his first goal of the season this last weekend. So, you know, if they can get some of those depth guys going and, and scoring goals, that'll help a lot. Um, defensively, you just have, you know, four sophomore defensemen that kind of rotated through that final defensive pairing last year and, and didn't get a whole lot of minutes they're, they're starting to get minutes now um they need to play better but you know I, I think they're all definitely capable of that 
Um, guys like Eric Polkamp, you know, he, he had some shaky moments early on in the season defensively, but he's definitely started to get it going. And, and you're seeing his offensive numbers. I mean, he's he's a just a weapon uh, on the power play. I mean, teams have to game plan around him. So it's a big loss this weekend with him going to World Juniors. But, you know, if you can get some of those those guys going and, and just get some more consistent scoring and, and more consistent defensive play, I think this team will be just fine. So, Ryan, much like my camera, it would probably enter Tom's territory sacred space and was immediately booted. Uh, not sure how this happened, honestly. It just it just went off. Um, I promise you it's nothing to do with my face. But anyway, um, Ryan, St. Thomas has historically been a second-half team. Now, granted, it's been two short years in the CCHA and Division One level. But can they continue that same pattern? Because if they do, are they the best team in the CCHA? Right now, they technically are by standings wise but are they the best team as they are playing on the ice that's a very good question nick and kudos Thanks, for Ryan. coming up with that yes, <laughs> yes. Um, sometimes uh, in my old brain it works yes. sometimes um if i'm looking at it i would say they probably are playing the best of the teams right now they're at the top of the standings which is kind of indicative that how good that they're playing right now will it stay that way i don't know they've been they were really emphasizing that um saturday night the guys were even talking about it in the post game we got to keep it going we can't just throw in the top you know toss it in at december we got to keep building in january and february they're all the rep either so <laughs> they want they their their goal is to win the conference this year and uh i think i'll i thought they would get home ice i thought i didn't think they'd be in first place coming into the christmas holidays so they're doing a lot much better than i thought they'd be playing at this point i thought they'd still be maybe working the kinks out at this but they're doing really really well and uh their focus is to win the championship this year which would be a very awkward experience yeah. uh almost as awkward as having to call the rest back on our yes, you're, you're, you're presenting the mason cup <laughs> to a team and then congratulating the other team for making the nca tournament <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> it'd be so cha sports is weird sports is weird you gotta have that new york accent right <laughs> um i tried anyway um Guys, you know what time it is, right? It's that time of the episode where it's go ahead, go ahead, say it. Vostots! Yes, it is. <laughs> so, uh, yes, Marissa, welcome back. It's the uh, time to kind of gather your thoughts about all things, just whatever I feel like, honestly, at this point. So, <laughs> um, candy and freezers, chocolate so, chips, boys so, and girls. So, so let me ask you this uh, for those listening at home. Now, again, you know, to me, when when I used to do trick-or-treating which was a couple centuries ago it's been a while <laughs> um I, when i got my candy i would put it in the freezer i always felt like it tasted better in the freezer marissa goes one extra she eats apparently a balanced breakfast of ramen noodles and then decides <laughs> that the carbohydrates and the sugar aren't enough sugar so I'm assuming just regular semi-sweet chocolate chips yep. and, a, and what looks to be some bag from Aldi or Costco or whatever the heck that is. It's a reusable little sandwich pack. I'm glad that you're going carbon neutral with that. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, puts all that in the freezer and then decides 
what's the break in between this? And first of all, why just plain old chocolate chips? I mean, if you're going to go with candy, can you at least go a little bit better than that? I mean, what's what's <laughs> this? Is this is this the girl dinner? I know we talked about this, you know, pre-show, but I mean, what, what is going on? This is girl dinner. Okay, I usually have like a lot more snacks and like sweets because I'm a very big sweets person, but I haven't gone grocery shopping. And I go to Minnesota this weekend, so I don't want to buy too much. But I had chocolate chips for some reason. I think I was baking. I don't know. I like to bake also. And I think I was baking, so I just had these chocolate chips. But I like to put them in the freezer, get cold, but I don't want to break my teeth. So then I take them out, put them in the fridge, and then I eat them. And I, if I, that's like if I want something a little sweet, I'm always like do this. Because I kind of – okay, I grew up and like this is what my parents did. Because apparently they just didn't buy candy. They were just like, let's buy some chocolate chips. And I was like, like okay. Five bucks a bag. I mean, it makes sense to me. Alex, do you uh, yeah. see Marissa, your 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 fellow Maverick aficionado being a baker? I don't. Yeah. I don't buy it. <laughs> no. I, I am. Shut your mouth. I actually am, guys. I'll have to so, bring like so what's on the recipe list? What does Marissa Voss bake? Because you know, it's actually baking season. Mm-hmm. It's toward the holiday. So what's what am I going to taste test coming up in a couple of weeks? Because I better be getting a freaking phone call. Um that. so in past I've made apple cider caramel cookies, and those are really good in fall. So they're basically like an apple cider base of the cookie, and then on top you can like I get my own caramel sauce starbucks it sounds like a starbucks drink it's so good (laughs) it's literally one of the best cookies so that's what i love making in the fall i just made some like thin mint style chocolate chip cookies um they're kind of like dark and they taste exactly like a thin mint then they got some like white um chocolate chips in them so those are now we're doing caribou drinks because the mint condition (laughs) i I sense it yeah i i listen and i like i like like making cakes like i love making cakes brownies anything like i am really craving or want to that i usually just bake and i also um i bake like these oatmeal bar kind of things so like you put them in cupcake containers and then you put like oatmeal with some caramel and mix that in and then you put some chocolate chips on top and like kind of like melt those put them on top and then i have those for a snack too if i want something a little not like as healthy but like healthier than just like Pure, um, I want sure. the panel's opinions here. Do, do, <laughs> when, when when someone puts out baking treats like this, are you giving a rat's rear end about what the calories are or how you know what's <laughs> you know, the, health, the health? I mean, seriously, Lucas, Ryan, Alex, help me out. No, uh, it's it's the holiday season. I mean. Is anybody really focusing on calories over no. Christmas? That's no. January second. Like, yeah, no. it's like that's the gym is about New Year's resolutions. It's not about you know Christmas, and ha- Christmas is about having fun. And you get candy, you get cookies, you get sweets of all sure. kinds. It's or if like, you mean bush latte, I mean same thing. <laughs> But yeah, oh yeah. My I, I, if, if someone's gonna give me a, like a Christmas cookie, I'm not gonna say like, "What's the fat content?" <laughs> how how much sugar or is how in much, this? how many grams of sugar is in this cookie? <laughs> Alex says, uh, "Is there sweets around at your house in the holidays?" Or, oh yeah, are, all the time. Yeah. Are you in? Are you in the kitchen, or is it mom? Does it? it it's not Pat, right? It's, it's yeah, got to yeah. be Pat. No, big time. Yeah, yeah. Big it's got to really? be. Yeah. It's got to be Pat. It's yeah. got to oh, be yeah. Pat. Yeah. What what was what does Pat like to uh, consume on the holidays? What's his favorite go to treat? Uh, he's Twizzlers. Yeah, he loves. Twizzlers. Yes. Please don't tell me he's doing the Twizzler straw in the beer. What was that like no, a major no. like baseball game yeah. that we saw that? Or. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I gotta I gotta know. Is it like the peel strip 
Twizzlers yeah. or is oh, yeah. it the regular? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always knew Pat was the guy. Listen, Brian, Pat is him because of that exact reason. I would have guessed him as a Red Vines guy. I I can't imagine it's Twizzlers. (laughs) (laughs) It's his birthday today, too, so wish him a happy birthday. I know. Happy birthday, Pat. Hope you get some Twizzlers and Red Vines. (laughs) Yes. And, uh, you know, more hockey games. Uh, him and uh, a good buddy of mine, Ben Holden, great on the yeah. call again out there. Yes. Uh, so for awesome. some really good Big Ten action out there uh, at a conference that actually has some good teams. I'm sorry. I know I'm getting <laughs> on my own conference. That's okay. <laughs> yes, I'm going scored straight today. I don't care. So, so soon. All right, guys. Well, with that being said, that's going to wrap it up here for this week's episode. Thanks to all of our panelists. For Lucas, Ryan, Marissa, and Alex. I'm Nick Maxson. Thank you for listening and watching for those on YouTube. We'll see you back here next week for our pre-holiday show where we'll be taking a couple weeks off here a little bit later. So we're going to talk some different stuff here. So thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.